You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for staying with us here on the RPR Network for Real Presence Live. We are Brad Gray and Steve Splonskowski. We, we are. We are indeed. <laughs> we had a, a fantastic first hour, and I think Steve and I were talking on the break that it's the Holy Spirit seems to just guide things, and it's all kind of leading into our next interview here with the, uh, as Steve said, the shepherd of the Diocese of Fargo, my boss, Bishop John Folda. Good morning to you, Your Excellency. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for being with us this morning. It's a pleasure. Glad to be with you. So, Bishop, um, you are on a regular basis. You are uh, offering your pastor's heart to the people of the Diocese of Fargo in many ways. Uh, you know, we have the privilege of having you celebrate Mass at, at the Pastoral Center. We get to have that privilege usually weekly. Um, and you'll you'll give different presentations around. You participate in diocesan events. But another way that you do that is just through your monthly article in the New Earth. And uh, this month, you've got an article coming out on the grace of a retreat. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Uh, I kind of uh, put it in the context of the retreat that I was recently on uh, in January. Every year, uh, I and the bishops of our uh, province, our, our region of North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, we all go on retreat together um, for about a week. Uh, and that's following, basically, following the law of the Church that priests and bishops are expected to make an annual retreat. And, you know, just as all the priests of the Diocese of Fargo uh, make their annual retreat at various times during the year, so too does your bishop. And I just thought it was worth talking about that, reflecting on that a little bit, but also uh, passing it along as kind of an encouragement to the faithful to also consider their own uh, need for retreat, there even even the possibility of going on some kind of an organized retreat uh, <clears throat> to foster their spiritual lives. So that was sort of what moved me to uh, pass along those those reflections. You know, in your article, and I believe the title was "Come Away to a Deserted Place," uh, talking about that kind of a sense of you know just that phrase, "Come away to a deserted place." Uh, kind of a sense of nothing's going to be here except for that's not what we experience on retreat. Can you talk a little bit about that, where you step away and away from everything, but then everything kind of reappears? Sure, sure. I was kind of uh, drawing from the words of our Lord in the Gospel when he tells the apostles, come away to a, a lonely place or a deserted place and rest a while. Oftentimes we see, too, that in the Gospels Jesus will go off by himself to what the gospel writers de- describe as a, dis- a deserted place, some place that he can be alone, some place where the apostles could be alone, uh, where they could have quiet, where they could have, you know, some freedom from distraction. And, um, you know, that's the uh, one of the purposes of a retreat, is to kind of get away from the, the distractions, the busyness, uh, the preoccupations of daily life, and just to be able to direct our attention to God, and that's the idea. It's not just for the sake of going to the desert or a deserted place, but it's so that we can really direct our attention more completely to God and listen to Him and uh, just be in His presence more fully. And Jesus, of course, did this when He went into the the desert for the 40 days after His baptism. Mm. He spent that time in communion with God, and 
we also know, of course, he was tempted, but we're all tempted. And I think our Lord was uh, experiencing temptation just as we all do in his human nature, but uh, without sin, of course. Mm-hmm. Bishop, I'm, I'm curious, there are different types of retreats. There can be ones that are, are preached retreats and have somewhat of a communal feel. There are others that are that are silent retreats. Um, I guess a couple of things that I'm, I'm curious about is, with with the bishop's retreat, is this a, a silent retreat? Is it a priest retreat? And uh, and what is the value of each of those? If you if you wouldn't mind sharing. Sure, sure. Well, I think in general, um, yeah, our our retreats as a group of bishops, for the most part, we spend the week in silence. We do have uh, dinner together in the evening and just some social time associated with that. So so it's not like we're you know uh, ignoring each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact that kind of time for communal uh, conversation and fraternity friendship is is a very important and, mm-hmm. I think, enjoyable part of it. But for the most part, I think a retreat is, is best if it's got a dimension of silence to it so that uh, we really can hear the, the voice of God speaking in our hearts and so that we can speak to Him without interruption. Um, when you think about it, our lives are so filled with noise and with activity that uh, sometimes it takes a little while even to get used to that silence Mm -hmm. to kind of quiet down, but that's an important part of it. So I guess I would say, yes, we do uh, keep our retreat basically in silence. We kind of alternate between what you described as a preached retreat and a directed retreat. A preached retreat usually involves a retreat director, a priest, a bishop, somebody who presents uh, some reflections or, or what you might call conferences throughout the day. So, you know, you might have a couple of uh, conferences that focus on whatever the theme of the retreat was or various different themes. Sometimes those can be very brief. Sometimes they're a little bit longer, but they're just given sort of to provide food for thought and food for reflection to those who are on the retreat. Other times you'll have what's called a directed retreat, and that's one more of a a one-on-one retreat that you do with the retreat director. You meet once or twice a day with the retreat director for a period of time and just sort of talk about the experiences that you're having on the retreat, and the retreat director can give you some meditations to consider, and it's more tailored, I guess, to an individual. Um, So in our case, as, as a group of bishops, we sort of alternate back and forth between the the preached and the directed retreats each year. Um, but it, it can also be kind of a mixture. Even if you have a preached retreat, uh, you can have those individual one-on-one uh, conversations with the retreat director as well. So, Bishop, you mentioned uh, you know that Jesus heading out into a deserted place where he was tempted by the devil. And we know that at that time he only used Scripture to respond to all of Satan's uh, temptations. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the importance and, and how this has been effective in your life of uh, Scripture on retreat? Sure, gladly. You know, I, I can't imagine going on a retreat without having the the Holy Scriptures with me and using those as kind of the, oh, you might say the backbone of the retreat. Typically when I go on a retreat, I'll, I'll try to uh, select a, a particular section of uh, the New Testament, the Gospels, sometimes even at the Old Testament, and just sort of use those during the course of the retreat to uh, 
again, guide my, my own prayer, my meditation, and allow God to speak to me through those readings. And, you know, as I said, I think sometimes the spiritual director, the retreat director himself or herself, would focus on a particular section of scriptures that that they want to emphasize or that they want to get across. In fact, this particular retreat, I sort of had a an idea in mind of what what I was going to use for my own meditations, but the retreat director had a very different idea for the for the group of us. And actually, as it turned out, it was exactly uh, I think it was exactly what I needed, and and mm. so it was very helpful to me. But yeah, the Word of God is really central, I think, to any retreat that we do because uh, God speaks to us in a very direct way through the Scriptures, but then in our prayer. Um, you might say he, he fills out what's what uh, perhaps we need to hear from him, and uh, so it's a it's a blessed experience just to kind of be able to abide with him in the scriptures and then in prayer as well. Bishop, you had mentioned kind of the graces that you might receive from the retreat. I'm curious, in your experience, is is the grace of a retreat usually immediate in the sense that you come away from the retreat having a sense of like what the Lord has done here? Or are there times where it's a gradual unfolding of that grace over the course of time afterwards? I think it's both, Brad. I think sometimes, uh, you know, you're you're almost immediately aware of what the Lord has has uh, accomplished or what He's trying to accomplish with you during that time of retreat. And other times, as you said, it, it takes a little time to to emerge. You know, sometimes we're not quite ready to get the full the full impact of, of His grace, but he, he gives it to us nonetheless, and sometimes He gives it to us in a more gradual way. But uh, it, I, I think it happens both ways. I think that he, he works with us, He touches us in, in both ways as we take that time away with Him. And, uh, you know, you might have a period or, or an occasion a week or a couple weeks later, and you think, oh, I remember what Father talked about in that particular conference, and, you know, it, it applies right now. It applies to my situation right at this point. And so, yeah, it can, it can take some time, but that's a good thing, because our, the riches of our Lord, we continue to mind them. And that, you know, we continue to uh, draw them out of our, our prayer and our uh, daily lives all the time. So that, I think the retreat works that way as well. Thank you, Bishop. We've been talking uh, much this morning about re, you know retreats and stepping away. We just talked about worldwide marriage encounter with Jeff and Melissa Benda, um, mm, and in good. your and in your article, you mentioned kind of it can be a challenge, especially for those of us who have married, busy lives, to step away for retreat. Um, but we were also talking about how marriages sacrifice. And a line my wife likes to use often, she said, "You know, yes to one." One opportunity is oftentimes no to another opportunity, and so we have to discern that. Do you have some advice for married couples as they look at their busy lives and saying, you know, I'd love to go on a retreat, Bishop. This is a really nice idea. It's good for you priests because you have <clears throat> nothing else to do, which is not true. But we just think that <laughs> from our perspective, right, you know, our perspective is always uh, not really quite accurate. But what advice do you have for those who think they're too busy for a retreat? How, how can we uh, journey into another place with that? Well, I think that any time we take some time away from the Lord, it's going to strengthen us in whatever our calling is, whether that's marriage, married life or single life or religious life or priesthood. So it's never time that's wasted. Yeah, we're busy, but we give our time for all kinds of other purposes that 
perhaps are are less God-directed than a retreat would be. And so I think if we're really interested in drawing closer to our Lord, and if we're really interested in growing in our vocation, then, you know, a, a retreat is well worth the time away that we take. And it doesn't have to be a whole week, you know. It can be just a uh, a weekend. It can be just a day of, of recollection. Um, and like I said, I think, you know, we... We give up days for this and that all over the place. You know, we do that all the time. I think a retreat uh, easily matches any of those other things in value. So I think it would do nothing but increase the the grace in our lives and our vocation and um, really draw us closer to each other in the case of a husband and wife. So I'd say it's worth whatever sacrifice is involved. And, uh, uh, yeah, we're busy, but... Um, we're not that busy so that we can't take some time away with God. Right on. Bishop, I, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. I, I'm Lisa and I are part of an organization called Teams of Our Lady. Mm-hmm. And one of the requirements for Teams of Our Lady is that we, take, we make an annual retreat. And over the eight or nine years that we've been involved, those have been some of the most potent moments in our marriages. That Having that time away together with the Lord has been moments of, of, of transformation, of, of you know real healing at times of deepening of our relationships. I, I would 100% echo what you're saying here. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad that's worked for you. Yes, absolutely. Well, we do have to take a quick break here, but uh, on the other side of the break, we'll be back with more conversation with Bishop John Folder from the Diocese of Fargo. So stay with us for more Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. 
You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And a good morning to you. This is Real Presence Live. Steve Splonskowski here along with Brad Gray. Thank you so much for joining us and staying with us. We've been visiting with the shepherd of the Diocese of Fargo, Bishop John Folda. And we're going to continue that conversation. I would like to remind you, though, if you want to let us know what you think about the programming on Real Presence Radio, go to realpresenceradio.com and take that survey. Um, and if you put your name in there at the last last slot there, your email address, we can enter, enter you into a drawing for some great paraphernalia here from the Real Presence Radio studio jacket or a duffel bag. But we would love to hear your feedback. Too often in, in uh, the Catholic Church and Catholic Radio, uh, we think no news is good news, and uh, we only give our feedback when we're angry with the church, right? Well, we <laughs> we don't want to make you angry, so why don't you give us your feedback so that we don't have to. There we go. We won't do that anyway, but uh, we do need your feedback. So check out realpresenceradio.com. Again, back here with Bishop John Folda. And uh, talking about retreats, and we have a women's retreat coming up, Brad. Women's retreat, women's conference, yep. The the Trusted Sister, which has uh, kind of colloquially come to know, be known as Twisted Sisters, because uh, uh, our original font for the poster was a little bit scrawly and uh, indistinct. So anyway, we have the, the Redeemed Women's Conference coming up in Fargo here on March 4th and 5th. And Bishop, this, these conferences really are an expression of your pastor's heart. When I first started... Uh, at the diocese in 2015, we we were already well underway in the planning of the Living Reflections of God's Love Marriage and Family Conference. We were in the midst of a year of marriage and family. Um, and as we we're coming close to that conference, you clearly said that you wanted to be able to offer these on an ongoing basis for the people of the Diocese of Fargo, and that you wanted to have a series of men's, women's, and, and general conferences. So, this conference here is an expression of, of your desire for the people of, of Fargo. So tell me a little bit about you know, what that means to you. Well, you know, I think as a faith community, it's important that we gather together periodically for these kinds of events. Uh, you know, of course, we're, we're involved in our parishes, we're involved in our neighborhoods, but as a diocese, I think, you know, it, it's valuable to gather everyone together and realize that we're a diocesan family and that there are opportunities for growth in, in faith and understanding of our faith that we can um, experience when we come together in uh, a gathering like this. Um, the women's conference that we held a number of years ago was, you know, in my estimation, a great success. I think those who attended were so grateful for the opportunity to come together. Similarly, we've had some men's conferences, same kind of experience. I mm-hmm. think <clears throat> I think that they just find it valuable to come together as Catholic men, as Catholic women, and to share their experiences, but also to hear from some speakers, some personalities who uh, perhaps come from outside, uh, you know, new voices that they haven't had an opportunity to hear before, but people who really can offer them uh, some things to enrich their own experience and their own living of the faith. You know, we were supposed to have this conference two years ago, yes. as you well know, Brad. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, unfortunately, uh, COVID put a stop to that. We had to cancel just about everything that year. And so this is really picking up the, the ball once again and trying to uh, get this uh, pattern going again of, of gathering our, our good people together. And in this case, it's a women's conference. And I think that there's a value in, in inviting our uh, our beloved sisters to 
spend time together just as women and to share their faith lives with each other and to, you know, hear some some inspiring conversations and, and reflections from others. So it, I think it's really going to be a, a great event, as the last one was, and, and as all these Redeemed conferences have been. Yeah, after the first women's conference, there were a variety of different breakouts that we had, and, and some of the feedback that we got was uh, people actually talking about healing that they had received from very traumatic experiences in their youth. Uh, it was It was just... The graces given are often unexpected and, and surprising. I will say myself that um, my spiritual life has taken some some radical enhancements at different conferences that I've gone to, where it's oftentimes the Lord uses the lips of the keynote speakers or the, the liturgical aspects of when we have adoration, and he, he communicates directly to us precisely what we need at this moment or, or where he wants to bring us going forward. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. I think that uh, I had some similar feedback from people who, uh, had, you know, various times during the conferences that we've held have really had what I would describe as a moment of grace with our Lord. It can be healing, it can be a kind of an enlightenment, it can be sort of a change of heart about this or that. And and I think these events can be very powerful for for our faithful. I also think that there's a value in bringing people together because, you know, our, our culture uh, in, a, in a lot of ways isolates us. You know, we're so technology-driven. We're so zeroed in on our devices um, and, you know, on the busy lives that we have legitimately. Um, everybody's got very full lives. But but I think it's valuable for us to come together and to realize that we're not alone, that we're, we're very much a part of a faith community. We're part of a faith family. And uh, so to... to Meet people from other parishes, even even from other towns, other parts of the diocese. In its own way, is a value, and that I think is a strengthening uh, effect. Can be a strengthening effect for those who attend. So, yeah, the, but the, there's no doubt that healing and all kinds of different graces certainly happen in these uh, at these events. And I think it's interesting. In the last couple of years, we've really seen. We knew this, but now we know it. Mm-hmm. Even another way that, as you mentioned, Bishop, the coming together makes so much difference. Obviously, mm-hmm. COVID separated us. Technology separates us. As we come back into, you know, gathering again to these types of, of opportunities, what are other things that we've learned, do we think, over the couple of years that we're, we're kind of looking at? I know that you and, and Brad and, and the whole diocesan office collaborate on these things with themes of really trying to respond as a shepherd, right, to the, the needs of the sheep and of those of us um, really under your care. What, what are other things that, and Brad, you can respond to this too, but uh, what are other things you're seeing that as we come back from the c- couple of years of separation uh, that are really uh, going to help us grow back together through our, our women's uh, conference? Well, I think that there's a real longing for uh, communion, for being present to our Lord in the life of the Church. You know, when we were, for those difficult few weeks that we were kind of shut down. I think there people experienced a real sense of loss, and so did I, frankly. Um, I think that we've seen how how profound that desire is for God in our lives. A lot of people have expressed that to me. And, you know, some people hurried back as soon as they could to the, you know, to the public life of the Church. Others, I think, experienced some fear of doing so. That's another thing we've learned. I think that there is still a lot of worry, a lot of fear out there. Um, I think that 
there are people who continue to uh, be isolated and, and afraid of um, entering into close contact with others, whether it's in the life of the church or just any, any public venue. Um, and so I think that we've, we've realized that there's more of a need than ever to really reach out to our brothers and sisters and not to uh, stay in our, in our own fort, you know, in our own little, our own little uh, bunker, but to really go out and to really be what Pope Francis has called us to be, and that is to be missionary disciples. I think that uh, it seems to me, too, that there is an enormous capacity among our people to share the faith, to witness the faith with others. It's kind of an untapped capacity in a lot of ways, but I think these events can can give courage, really can give uh, strength to our people to, to be witnesses, to be those active and um, public witnesses of the faith for others, and, and especially in our culture. So that's, that's something that occurs to me as well. I think that these events really support our our people in living their faith more openly and and uh, being committed and and you know ready to witness to it towards others. So right, yeah, I, I would agree, Bishop. That um, you know, there's something this this conference in particular is, is entitled Trusted Sister, and it's all about that communal dimension. That you know, I think we're we've been tuned into more over these last couple of years that there is something so utterly and inescapably communal about our being having been made in the image of a God who is a communion of persons. We can't, we're not meant to thrive or flourish. We're not, in many ways, we're not capable of thriving or flourishing in isolation, that there's an essential need that we have for others and for that community. And that's really kind of where the focus of this conference is. Good. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, it's no accident that Jesus didn't call individuals and then just send them off one by one, mm-hmm. uh, never to come in contact with each other again. No, he called them together as a group. He brought them to himself. Um, he wanted them around him, and then he sent them forth, either two by two or as a group. You know, the the church has always had that communal dimension. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we're individuals and we need times of solitude, but... Um, our our faith uh, really thrives on being with one another, and uh, it's within the church, within that faith community, that the Holy Spirit abides and energizes us with His grace. So, uh, yeah, these are these are just opportunities for people to experience that in a, a little different way. You know, they have that uh, experience in their own parishes each weekend, but um, this is a, a little bigger scale, you might say. Mm-hmm. Well, Bishop, we'd like to thank you for being with us here on Real Presence Live. Uh, we'd have to step away for a break. Um, and uh, But before we do that, would you take the last couple, you know, minute here or so and just kind of pray with us and, and give a blessing to our listeners? Absolutely. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask your blessing on all who are listening today, on all those who we hold in our hearts, on all those who have asked for our prayers and for whom we've promised to pray. We pray that they might all experience your presence, your love, your mercy, your healing in their lives, in their hearts. We entrust ourselves to you, and we strive always to give you glory and to rejoice in the great love that we have received from you. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop John Folda, Shepherd of the Diocese of Fargo. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you, God Bishop. bless you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, folks, we're going to step away for a little break, but on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about Catholics who pray through music. Um, you know, we know the phrase, those who pray or sing well pray twice. Um, so, obviously, we know the power of music into really to enhance our prayer. So, we're going to talk a little bit about that on the side of the break. This is Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 